Merry Christmas, Grace. I am so happy to be out here in the house of the Lord with you to celebrate this day, celebrate our Savior's birth, amen, that we get to to gather together to sing songs, to hear His Word, to... uh, to you know, fellowship together, and I just I pray that you're able to have a good morning of worship with us. I'm so glad to see these faces, my family, my friends, and join together. But um, you know, in the beginning, we've been talking the last few weeks about the Tabernacle trilogy, and we finally reached the end of the trilogy, part three. You know, in the beginning there was darkness, right? Genesis one, and there was chaos. The chaos ruled over the darkness, yet hovering over the darkness like a hen over her chicks was the Spirit of God, one who was not subject to the darkness, one who was not lost in the chaos of the waters, but one who resided above it all. And into that darkness, the Word spoke Light, dispelling the darkness and controlling the chaos. The light ruled over the darkness and gave it order and shape and purpose. And from the light came all other things that God called what? Good. The light brought goodness. It brought purpose. It brought meaning. God's light would shine on all things. And at this time of the year, we, we as followers of Yahweh God, we gather together in order to celebrate the light, the light that has come into the world. The Word, which as Cindy said, was made flesh and tabernacled amongst humanity. We gather together on this day each year to celebrate what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus is the light of God. Being fully God himself, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, who came into the darkness of creation, who brings order to the chaos of the world Jesus, who brings meaning to the meaningless, who brings hope to the hopeless, who brings peace to the restless. Jesus, God made man, is the reason for our celebration every Christmas. He's the fullness of the Old Testament tabernacle where God's glory and light would be with his people. And he is worthy of our worship. Amen? But did you know that Jesus, and I thought about this, I was like, as, as Cindy was teaching, I'm like, she's spoiling the plot for me with the kiddos before I even get to it. But I guess that's good, because that's why we need reminding, is remembering of all the truth. But did you know that Jesus was not the final temple, right? He was not the final tabernacle to experience the presence of God, the place where God's glory would reside. Did you know that, in fact, God had a third tabernacle in which he, was, he has chosen to spread his light into the darkness in order to bring order to chaos and light to which men may walk. And what I want to do today is I want to share on this Christmas this third way, the beauty of the third tabernacle to show one of the reasons why Jesus came on Christmas to be 
God with us. And that's what I'm excited to do is, is kind of looking at this third part of the trilogy is finding its completion today in God's Word. So if you were here with us last week, you may recall that, uh, that we saw Jesus as the second, second tabernacle where the glory and presence of God was with humanity. It was in his body the fullness of God dwelled. And a little tiny baby born and placed into a manger was the creator of all things. I don't think sometimes we can get over that. I don't know if sometimes we can even fathom the fullness of God could contain himself in one small little baby. And yet, God came to be with us. It's in Jesus we who were far off are brought near. In his death, we die. But in his resurrection, we find not only life, but find what? Life eternal. And at the end of the second part of the trilogy last week, we saw that the, 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 the disciples had figured out that he was the glory of God, that he was the temple in their presence. Yet, at the beginning of the book of Acts, we saw that second tabernacle do what? Go back up to be with the Father. Go back into heaven. The tabernacle was once again removed from the people. So with him gone, how might the people be in God's presence once again, Jesus, I believe, left us clues through his teachings of what that would look like. And now what I want to do, I just want to take a quick look this morning at the beauty of what Jesus showed us of the third part of the trilogy, where the tabernacle would be. You know, if you recall at the very beginning, right, the light that we spoke of about earlier, the light that Curtis spoke of when we read the, the scripture reading this light is from God, and the Word, the creator of all things, is light, John says. And he dispels the darkness that Jesus himself is the what? The light. But he's gone to be with the Father. So where is the light to walk by today? Do we, as humanity, have hope that there is a light to be found? Well, I think one of the places in his very early ministry he starts is in the, very, in the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus shared the Beatitudes and he talks about all the ways that we are blessed if we understand these things, he says to the people first, he calls them what? He says, you are the salt of the earth, right? You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by people. But then after this, in chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus says this to those who are following after him and listening to his words. Look with me, if you have your Bible, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. He says, you are what? The light. You, y'all, this is the, the good old Texas second person plural, y'all are the light of the world. A city on a, located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see your good deeds and give honor to your Father in heaven. Jesus says about his followers that they are the what? The light. Not only a light, but a city of light, set high upon a hill, 
A city that offers light and offers peace and offers up hope. Why? Because the light of God is within them. The light shines through them and the light itself cannot be hidden. Why? Because it is the very light of God. Just as in the beginning, the darkness could not contain it. As Jesus came, the darkness could not contain him, and in his people the light shines, and it cannot contain the people of God. But how is this light in us possible? Turn with me to John chapter 14. Again, like I said, Cindy spoiled the plot of everything I had to say, but I love it. That means that we're on the same page, right? That's good. John chapter 14 That he's the one that walks with us. He's the one, the tabernacle that came to be with us. But Jesus gave his followers a little bit of a foretaste before he went to the cross. He told them earlier in chapter 14 that he was going to do what? He said, I am going to go away and I'm going to go be with my father. There will come a day when you will no longer see me. He's just revealed that his disciples, he's leaving. And they were a bit concerned, understandably, Because if he is the new tabernacle, if he is God with us and he's walking around and he's going to leave, what's the problem? God would what? Would no longer be with us. He'd be leaving. He would no longer be with us. And we have another problem, don't we? They're a little concerned because without, they would be without the light. And the question may have been, will they yet again walk in darkness? But Jesus reassures them. Look with me in verses 15 through 17. John chapter 14, he reassures them. I love this. He says, if you love me, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And then I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another helper. Another, as the Greek says, a paraclete, one that is called alongside to walk beside us to be our advocate. And he says, he will be with you, how long? Forever. He is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept because it does not see him or know him. I love this. But he says, but you know him. Why? Because he what? Resides with you. Now, think about the tabernacle. Part one was God residing with his people in a building. God, tabernacle part two was Jesus residing with his people in the body of Christ, walking around. But he says, in this third tabernacle, there's going to be a difference. It will not just be God with us, but what? God in y'all. Not only with, but all the much better God in us, among us, through us. How is it that we are the light of God shining for the world to see? Because God is light. And that God that is light is what? In us. He is among us. We, the gathered people of God, are collectively where God's presence can be found. It's not contained in this building. It's not contained in any building. God's presence is no longer contained to a space. 
But it is what? Where any one of his people are gathered together. He says, that is my presence. Not only that, but one step further. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul has been talking about the beauty of who we are in Christ. He talks about, in chapter 2, about a barrier that once was there. And he's, what he's talking about, there's a wall of separation that once was there. What did Cindy point, out, uh, point to us at the very beginning? That there was a separation that kept us away from the presence of God, right? There was a curtain. And outside of that curtain, there was another curtain into the holy place. Outside of that curtain, there was a wall. Another, another you know, wall, or if it was temporary, skin, that kept you out of the courtyard. And at the time of Jesus, there was another wall even further out from that that kept the Gentiles, the non-Jews, from coming into the court of Gentiles. There were multiple walls, multiple barriers to keep, I mean, that, that was in a sense between the glory of God and between the people. But Paul says, in Christ, all of those walls, all of those barriers are what? Broken down. They are destroyed. And look with me in verse 17, what Paul says, after that has been destroyed. He says about Jesus, the he, and he, Jesus came and he preached what? Peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Those who were without that did not know the tabernacle and those who did. Those who were far off, those who were near. He brought peace so that through him we both have access, presence, access in what? One spirit to the Father. Because of Jesus, because that He came to be with us, we have access to the Father in the what? The Spirit. So then you are no longer foreigners and non-citizens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. And listen to this language. What is, what is Paul describing here that's being built? Because He said, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus himself, Christ himself, as the cornerstone. In him the whole building being joined together. In other words, you and I, every one of you sitting here who know Jesus, everyone who has known Jesus since he came is a brick. Did you know that? You're a stone, you're a brick, building together one building. And what is that building, Jay? The church, which is, and it's the tabernacle. The people that are built together, he says, grow in him, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God, what? In the Spirit. Church, we are the third tabernacle. Do you realize that? We no longer need God with us, around us, because He is God, what? In us. The place where the glory and the light resides, we are the city on a hill. God's temple was once restrained to a mountain in Jerusalem. 
And then it was within a man, Jesus, the Messiah. But now the temple is to be found wherever the followers of Jesus are gathered. It is now in the people of Jesus that the hope of Christmas can be found. It is within us that the light resides. It is within us that the darkness and the chaos cannot be expelled. Or sorry, can be expelled. I should say that. The darkness and the chaos can be expelled. When we share his good news, we bring hope to the hopeless. Peace to the restless. We bring freedom to the captives. You know, we celebrate Jesus' coming at Christmas, but not only because he came but also because in his coming, we might become the dwelling place of the God of creation. And you know, we are a blessed people. Those who call upon his name, we are blessed people. And as a new tabernacle, our part to play is to bring the presence of God to a world walking in darkness, just like we heard earlier in Isaiah. And we do so with the expectant hope of what awaits us one day. And I want to end with this. I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. One chapter before the very beginning. It's the beginning of the end. Revelation chapter 1. The revelation being not of the scary things to come. Not of the things that will happen. But of the revelation of what, Andrew? The revelation of Jesus Christ. His revealing of who he is truly. Look at these words in chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Let them rest in your heart for this Christmas as we look forward to the hope that we have in Christ. Because there is a day that we won't need this temple anymore. Why? Because about what's about to be read here. Look at this. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the earth had ceased to exist And the sea existed no more. What was that sea in Genesis chapter 1, Jeremy? Chaos. Darkness. The sea is no more. There is no darkness. There is no chaos because the light has come. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, made really like a bride adorned for her husband, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, listen to the repetition here. Look, the residence of God is among human beings. He will live among them. And they will be his people and God himself will be what? With them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will not exist anymore or mourning or crying or pain for the former things have ceased to exist. Amen? Why? Because God will fully be with his people. A permanent presence, a restoration that will have no end. Church, this is what we celebrate at Christmas. Not merely the baby Jesus who came, but a God who came into our realm to bring life and light that the light may reside in us and that we might have life abundant 
but only if we have true faith in the God-man, Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him this Christmas? Well, we are gonna, we're going to gather back together. We're going to stand here in a moment. We're going to sing the song, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and let heaven and nature sing. We are rising together to sing about our great God and Savior Jesus. Amen? That he is God with us and that he is God in us and that one day we get to fully experience everything he has made for us. Let us rise together and sing. And then in a moment, we're going to sing Joy to the World. In a moment, we're going to grab our our little lights and we're going to light them. We're going to read some scripture about being in the light. And then we're going to sing finally together and we will go from this place and spend time with family bringing the light out to a world that walks in darkness. Amen? Amen. Well, let us sing. Thank you, guys. Go ahead.